and spending a couple of minutes with us, and I appreciate him doing this because I am sure he is inundated. For for my money, he is the most thorough journalist that covers Inter-Miami of the Heron Outlet. Check out all of their work, theheronoutlet.substack.com. It is our former teammate here at ESPN West Palm, Ian Hest, here on Ken Levick Alive. Ian, thank you so much, man. I know that things are absolutely crazy. Let me just start with this. There's been so much smoke around this, and I've seen you tweeting about it, but you trying to stay within the day-to-day of the club, all while Lionel Messi potentially looming. Uh, how ultimately, now that it looks like this is going to happen, how surprised, how do you consume Lionel Messi to enter Miami? If you had had this conversation with me last year, I would have been very surprised at this time. Um, it wasn't really until last summer that things had started to heat up between the two camps. Um, kind of heading into the World Cup, I would say the initial really feelings uh, that were happening. But even if you go back to 2019, there were discussions that were happening uh, between Lionel Messi and the Moss brothers, uh, the owners of Inter Miami. Uh, before he moved to PSG, those contacts were, were also reignited uh, two years ago. And so looking back on it now, the timeline was very methodical. It was, it was, there was a pacing to this that led us to today. Um, and then not even to today, to this summer being happening. Uh, the, the biggest hiccup really would have come after the, they won the World Cup. And the, the world was presented to Messi for this $1 billion in Saudi Arabia or the swan song at Barcelona. Um, and then once that kind of quieted down, I don't know, it's, it's sort of re, recalibrated itself. And Inter Miami, for my money, was always the ones that looked like they had the most organized proposal to make this happen. Let me ask you, Ian, because you're in an interesting uh, perception and perspective position here. You weren't quite yet back down where you grew up in South Florida yet in your career when the big three came together. You've always been a massive soccer fan, and you've always kept up with it at the international level. Uh, Jeanette actually proposed the question, or she at least brought up the thought that, hey, uh, LeBron coming to South Florida and Lionel Messi coming to South Florida – those are in the same neighborhood of massive, massive stories and just their significance. For you, as someone who grew up in South Florida, somebody who's covered the big three in South Florida, but someone who's about to also cover Lionel Messi and follows all things soccer here in South Florida, what's bigger ultimately? And I know that perspective comes into this internationally, locally, but, but just from a sports perspective, what's bigger? LeBron to the big three with the Heat? Or Lionel Messi to enter Miami? Yeah, I, I was actually a production assistant on the decision when I was when I was at ESPN That's right. at 21 years old. <laughs> so so I, I know both of these instances. I will say when it came down to the decision, um, there was more fanfare because there was a lead up to it. There were promos for a week. There was this July 1st discussion about free agency starting. Uh, Bosch and Wade had made the announcement. I remember we were in a post-production meeting on Mike and Mike when Bosch made the announcement. So there, there was more of a buildup of a super team coming, and and that to fruition. I'll also say the NBA Finals in the United States is much mm-hmm. bigger than the MLS Cup, um, so that has a huge thing to do with it. You know, Messi at his highest at Inter Miami will be playing for a, a Concacaf Champions Cup final, perhaps in a in a FIFA Club World Cup in a couple of years down the line. But they, they pale in comparison to what the NBA Finals are currently drawing out. That's really the only reason. I will say, in terms of the circus, you're going to get probably a bigger circus for Lionel Messi 
than you did for LeBron down here. Uh, I, that's an interesting point because uh, Jeanette had asked, hey, when are we getting the media credentials? And I'm like, I don't know if that's actually going to be possible for the next two or three months. If you haven't been credentialed already, it's going to be very difficult to get in there. We saw what happened after he won the World Cup and he went to Miami and spent some time down there. It was crowds wherever he went. That circus is a very, very real thing. What sort of, as a player, Lionel Messi is in or Miami getting because he at Barcelona was 30 goals every season, uh, just in the domestic La Liga season. Uh, he was in his prime at that point. PSG, his production fell to six goals first year, 16 goals second year. He's, he's obviously getting up there in age, but he's coming off the World Cup championship. What player is in or Miami getting here at this age? You're getting a 35-year-old aging attacking midfielder. You're also getting the greatest soccer player of all time who's just coming off winning a World Cup for his country that absolutely adores him like no other, perhaps, uh, in, in their entire country's history. So however you can marry those two, team, two things mm-hmm. together is probably uh, the easiest way to say it. I think this is really going to be an indictment on the quality of MLS over the past decade, really, since David Beckham, which if we go all the way back, you know, a decade and a half to win Beckham, signed with LA Galaxy, that led to this moment. His ability to buy Miami as the franchise and so on and so forth throughout here really led us to it. And in that time, you've seen American soccer improve and improve, but it still has not gotten the, the respect, I would say, both domestically and internationally. We're going to find out really fast if that is warranted or not, because if Messi comes in here to scoring 10 goals a game, well, yeah, everybody's going to, to find the jokes and the memes on Twitter and everything. But if Messi comes in here and, I don't know, goes a couple goalless games, goes without an assist for a while, uh, does that speak more to the quality of the league? Does that speak to Messi's age? Uh, th- those will be all of the interesting uh, questions. I did a national story a couple months ago when we were really starting to, to talk about Messi and the possibility here and spoke to, to uh, one guy who covers the league, and he said, whether Messi does well or this blows up in, in flames, it doesn't really matter for the content machine. It's going to be great regardless because everybody's just going to want to see good, bad, ugly, interesting, and different. All of that is going to be content for everybody to enjoy. Uh, Ian has with us the Heron Outlet does a great job covering Inner Miami. The Heron Outlet at Substack.com. The Heron Outlet, they do really, really, really good work. Uh, I apologize for what's going to seem like stream of consciousness questioning here over the next couple of them, so hang in there with me. You mentioned what's going to be the reaction to Lionel Messi if maybe there are struggles. Uh, this is going to be an indictment of the level of play in MLS. More pressure on them to have Lionel Messi win and potentially win an MLS Cup while at Inter-Miami. Lionel Messi, the club itself, or MLS? I I would say the club itself. Uh, Inter-Miami is going through an entire influx right now. They they just let go of their head coach and Phil Neville last week. Um, and, And this has been, you know, they have an interim coach right now. There are rumors of who will take the full-time job. Inter-Miami is dealing with its own parking dispute at the stadium right now. The club has not had a lot of good PR in the past couple of, of weeks and months, so this basically changes the entire script on this season. They're currently last in the Eastern Conference of 15 teams, so, so nothing has been going right for this club in 2023. They've dealt with terrible injuries. I'll remind you, 
which is a huge part of this, they're still under the largest sanctions in league history. Those don't go away for another five, six months. So they're going to have to make it all work within the parameters of the salary cap somehow. So all the pressure is on Inter-Miami to figure out how to make this work. You have the greatest player of all time in a league where he should dominate. If you're, as a club, not able to do that, that's going to say a lot about them. Gut feel as someone who's around this club all the time, and I understand you cover them, uh, but as you just documented, this team has done nothing but trip all over itself and vomit on its shirt since its inception. Why why should we believe that Inter-Miami can become something to wholly support and will be able to succeed with Lionel Messi? I would say because this was the plan all along, and I know that that sounds kind of laughable and and a little convoluted given the, the, the four years of this club, but this was always the plan to have a Lionel Messi, to have, you know, names like Ronaldo. Now you're hearing today uh, of talks of Sergio Busquets, Angel Di Maria. Are they going to be following it? Jordi Alba, could he be following? That was always the plan with this club. And it has taken a little bit longer, but this was the process. And this was leading all the way up to 2026 World Cup where I think really will be when Inter-Miami, I know that sounds like a long way away, but that will be when Inter-Miami is solidified as one of these best clubs. Right now, it's going to be becoming one of those best clubs. And I think Lionel Messi is the perfect ambassador to get this club from, kind of like you said, the tripping over itself that they've had in the first couple of years of its existence to the preeminent club in North America, basically, which is what they hope to be uh, in a couple years' time. Uh, so, so follow up off of that and, and, and you grew up in Palm Beach County, Treasure Coast. You've worked in Palm Beach County, Treasure Coast. You live again in Palm Beach County, Treasure Coast. You've worked in media. You've done the entire thing. So I, I, I'm coming to you from this standpoint. I have felt since Inter-Miami came to be, it has completely ignored the West Palm Beach Treasure Coast market. One of the most passionate soccer markets in the entire country, and it's shown by NBC's ratings, U.S. ratings for the English Premier League. It's top 10 every single year, number six this past Premier League season. It's been impossible to get in front of Inter-Miami people from a professional standpoint. From a fan standpoint, I have seen zero outreach from Inter-Miami. I'm excited about Lionel Messi coming here, but for me, like I want to see the club succeed, but I'm way more into Messi than I am the club, and if they can win with them, I want an excuse to root for this team. Do you as a Palm Beach County guy, do you feel as if Inter-Miami has completely dropped the ball with us and the amount of soccer support it could get? What do you make of that? Yeah, you're going to get me in trouble, but you know you are. (laughs) You're 100% 100 right. I I have long been been frustrated by it. It, uh, It's two different worlds, whether or not you live north of Commercial Boulevard or south of Commercial Boulevard where the stadium is. If you live south of the Commercial Boulevard line where Drive Pink Stadium is, this is your hometown team, and you have a lot of connections. You have a lot of community outreach. North of it, yeah, it's been a lot wanting. You mentioned that, that West Palm is one of the best soccer markets, just finished sixth in the nation uh, for Premier League this past year. So one of the best Premier League uh, television markets in the country. Boca Raton has a long history mm-hmm. of, of, of great soccer, going back to Josie Altador, which we all know his story as well. Um, so, and, and Weston FC, there's a lot of great soccer being played out in Weston right now. Um, that, that actually is a uh, sister uh, academy club for Inter-Miami right now. So there, there's great soccer throughout Palm Beach County. The hope is always that this will be a, a tri-county or, or South Florida um, endeavor 
and, you know, as they're still in Fort Lauderdale, try to enjoy it a little more because it might get a little more difficult when they're down at Miami Freedom Park in a couple of years. By the way, when the hell are they going to be down in Miami, Dade? Uh, you, you tweeted at me last night that they've got the, the permits, they're working on the permits and the zoning and all that. They've, they've got the, the park down there by Miami International Airport. But is Lionel Messi ever even going to play, play a, a, a match in, in that stadium in an Inter-Miami shirt? Uh, I would doubt it. Um, the reports are this is for a two-and-a-half-year deal, from what I've heard, that, that sounds about right. Uh, I don't think that they'll have that stadium done in two-and-a-half years. They, they have closed Mel Reef Golf Course, where uh, the, the stadium will be built. So now they have to do some permits and, and the government red tape that goes through all of it. Once that's cleared, then they can start architecturally urban planning, all that. So this is going to be a process that takes a while. The hope would be that sort of towards the end of Messi's time here would be when you can unveil this stadium and that brings you into the next generation or next iteration of this team, but the timing's going to be difficult. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, Messi could could retire and walk straight into the Wawa on Cypress Creek. It would be truly right. a <laughs> monumental uh, occasion. Uh, Jeanette, uh, go ahead. No, and I'm um, perfect segue because, you know, you have a lot of casual fans like me who are, who are going now to drive Pink Stadium. Ian, you've been to the stadium to cover the team a lot, um, I'm assuming at least. And so I just would love for you to give the people, the casuals like myself, who are going to drive to watch Messi, um, like a schedule of what to do. There's a trampoline park. There's a couple churches around. There's the Wawa, Miami subs, I think. Where do I eat? Like, what's the pregame stuff situation around? Uh, I mean, there's, <laughs> it's commercial in 95. That's so my favorite part. That's my favorite part of this. <laughs> really so much going on in all of those warehouses uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. on, on Dixie Highway and everything. Yeah. Uh, no, there, there's stuff. It's Fort Lauderdale. It's Pompano, Deerfield area. So there is stuff. You mentioned there's an action park and like an arcade around there. A lot of the fans, though, I mean, it, Inter-Miami has one of the great South Florida sports environments in terms of a game day environment. They call it La Familia. There's a bunch of different groups, but they all come together. Very rich culture, diversity, and excitement. Um, around the stadium. So people get, most of the games start at 7.30 uh, on weekends, on Saturdays. And so most people get down to the stadium, maybe 3.30, 4 o'clock, they'll tailgate throughout the game. And once the game starts, it's 90 minutes standing, singing, screaming nonstop. I mean, even when the other team scores a goal, La Familia doesn't stop singing. So it's, it's really like 90 minutes of hell that you experience. And Inter-Miami has shown this. They have one of the best home records in all of MLS. Uh, over the past couple of seasons. So it definitely is one of the tougher places to play in the league. Ian, I really appreciate the time, the perspective, really valuable stuff. I said it yesterday when we were talking PGA and Live. I like having people smarter than me on to explain things to me. It's happened again today. So uh, thank you as always, brother. I appreciate it. You're doing great work. Keep it up and uh, try and keep your head above water here in the crush that's to come the next couple of months. Thanks, Thanks, Ken. Always time for you, buddy.